0: Welcome to Discussions of Music, Healing, and Consciousness with your hosts, Chris Noble and Bill Pratzman. On this podcast, Chris and I offer a spontaneous, ongoing conversation about how music is intertwined with healing and consciousness. Our first season helped lay the foundation and build some of the superstructure for what we want to do here in Season 2 where we'll be welcoming some intriguing guests, going deeper into ancient mysteries and wisdom, and cultivating your background knowledge and curiosity. We hope these discussions will inspire your own study and practice of the musical and healing arts, and that your contribution to advancing world consciousness will be satisfying for you and transformative to those around you. Let's get started. Well, we're going to talk about silence today. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So for those listening, you're about to enjoy 55 minutes of silence,
1: starting right now. <laughs> oh, That'd be a great podcast, <laughs> wouldn't it? Though the silent podcast, the silent podcast. I mean, that's that's a foolproof way to just produce content constantly.
0: <laughs> exactly,
1: <laughs>
0: and uh, it's too bad we're not a neither one of us is a mime.
1: No, not quite there.
0: Or do do ASL. Nope. (laughs) Sign the whole thing, like have it be an entirely silent, but sign language-based
1: podcast. No. Unfortunately, no. That would be really interesting. But uh, I guess today we'll talk about maybe the sound of silence. The sound of silence. And just the idea of um, more quiet contemplation and just not having sound and music going on kind of as a, well, it's a balance, right? It's balance. Yeah. But, you know, the first line... Of sound of silence hello
0: darkness my old friend uh, exactly. there's a there's an invitation in that to to do the shadow work right but shadow work isn't necessarily always silent i, I think that i think being able to turn it off is the thing we're talking about here like being consciously making a choice to, to turn off the noise you know and turn well, even turn off the music
1: Right. We're constantly stimulated. I mean, that's just, I think it's more of an, yeah, it's an invitation just, especially in this day and age to just take a moment and, you know, turn off your devices for a second. And Hey, if you're listening or watching to this, maybe press pause for like one to five minutes and just see what the silence will do for you. And you'd be, I'm, I'm sure like even myself, I get, I'm amazed when I consciously put, to put aside some quiet time for myself, how, you know, foreign it can feel sometimes because yeah, we're it's always really weird scared. it is right
0: because we are so overly stimulated i mean a phone is one thing but our entire uh, civilization is based on content right we've reached this be of that right now <laughs> you know, if you're not making content you're not alive right yeah and um or consuming it. Or consuming it. Making your, Does anybody have time to consume it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, people seem, I mean, there's so many people too, right? That have uh, jobs where they are so bored at the job or they're just constantly consuming content. I see that all the time. So it's yes. either that we're, we're creating it or we're consuming it, but it's always this do, 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 go, 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 which is a, a very masculine energy, forward motion, stimulation, stimulation, stimulation. And it's important to get into that feminine receiving energy and and be in silence. And that would be like more of a feminine trait is to be in that silence to then, when you're in silence, I mean, the beautiful thing is it, it is something that you can start to get a little addicted to because we're so addicted to the opposite of that. When you experience quiet and silence, it is so nice. It's so peaceful. And it's it's why when we go out of the cities into the country, we're always usually like, wow. It's so quiet. <laughs> it's so quiet.
0: I do love that. Going up to the mountains, there's a point, and maybe it's elevation. I don't know. There's a point where it just feels different to me. And you can smell the pine trees. And if you're not in a car, you, the sounds are all different. You can hear the sounds of nature again, instead of the sounds of the city or whatever, you're the suburb.
1: And that's the thing, right? With silence, it's never true silence, right? There's always some form of a sound. And then you get to tune into those sounds and, you know, even as a, a smaller example, one thing I do like to do, I've done this for many years now is when I'm walking down, I think we've even talked about this on another episode, but anyway, when I'm walking down a residential street, for example, in, in the city, I'll usually take my headphones out. If I'm listening to music, I'll take them out and I'll, I'll just, you know, and if it's a more quiet residential street. I'm like, let's, let's listen to some birds and hear some trees rustling in the wind and all that nice stuff. And you just kind of like pick up the neighborhood, energy and and, and sounds. It's very peaceful. And then the second I go into a major street, I'm like, nope, headphones back in (laughs) time to protect us. Yeah. So it's a balance again.
0: I love walking in nature, even around here. um, We live in more in the suburbs now than downtown San Diego, but there are bees and Mm. I don't know if they're eucalyptus trees or whatever, but one by one, these various species of trees have bloomed here in November and December. And they're just thousands of bees in there. So the whole tree is humming. That's so cool. Yeah. And you, you just go by and you just get a sound bath from the bees, right? You right. Listen. It's not loud, but it's there. And yeah, a great gift, right? To give yourself the, the tone of the bees humming or tones, whatever
1: they are. I mean, most of what you know I'm working on with my music is pretty much just trying to replicate exactly what you're getting when you go into nature anyway. Oh, perfect. You know what I mean? So it's like, that's all I'm trying to do is kind of find my own, my own way of recreating that incredible calmness and that just that beauty of nature that you feel so, you know, encompassed. It's like a warm blanket that just absorbs you. And it's, it's such a relaxing phenomenon. You know, I've, I go out once a week and I have a one nature day, quote unquote, every, uh, every day or every week. Uh, I'd love it to be every day. And I'm working towards building, you know, a lifestyle that can support that. But anyway, as I drive back into the city from my nature day, each week I I have been reflecting and, and, you know, saying to myself, like, I want to flip the ratio here. I I would like to eventually move out of a city to something smaller where I'm in the nature. I'm waking up in the nature. And then, uh, you know, I'll commute into the city for uh, gigs, events, things like that. It's fine. But I am feeling more of that because it's just nicer to wake up for me in that silence and in that that space already. I don't have yes. to like put in all that effort, get the the put the gas in the car and drive out. And you know, even though I'm very fortunate and it's a very easy commute for me here in Vancouver to get out into nature, still it's 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 such a privilege and in, in, in a way and a really beautiful treat to be able to just live somewhere in that that quiet beautiful nature, environment, you know, wherever that might look like. And uh, and I think one of the main reasons is because it's so quiet. So that's, quiet. That silence is just, um, it's its own beautiful thing. It's such a therapeutic um, phenomenon.
0: It does have its own um, inner music too. I mean, total silence, putting on the noise-canceling headphones, just being enveloped in that sort of audio isolation space mm. uh is really cool too although for people like me who have tinnitus you're never completely silent you're always getting that hiss or whine or whistle mm. but it's it is a relief to take some of the you know the cycles that our brain spends listening to stuff out of the picture and give that part of our brain a rest yeah and uh and i really resonate for that and obviously i think our brains evolved to be more at home in nature than they are in artificial noise or created noise so what you're doing with music to sort of reinstate that uh, the buoyancy of nature is really beautiful um, i think i don't know about this but i think if more of us who consume music who consume audio content were to tie in somehow to nature like maybe we put a a babbling brook behind our podcast you know something like that but, but yeah. to be able to tie that in do you think that would um open up in some way the rest of the the processor that is us individually to be more open and less guarded to be more um willing to be led by that you know, it's, I'm not thinking about it as a manipulation tool, so don't, don't get me wrong on these people, but just to be uh, more comfortable. You know how you can lower your guard a little bit in nature? Yeah. To be that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's an invitation um, at the end of the day to, to just kind of go back to what we remember, you know, and what we remember is that, you know, nature is our natural state <laughs> and we've... You know, we've, we've come out of that a lot. And at the same time, that's also part of our nature as humans, I think, is is we are, you know, we're, we're beings that love to create and create technology and do these amazing things. We're just now at a point where we need to merge and integrate that back into nature in a harmonious way. We don't have to let go of all that tech. We just got to integrate it and make sure that it's harmoniously working with our planet rather than what it is currently, which is the opposite. And you know, that trying to write music in that way, you know, it's certainly not a novel idea. I know a lot of my favorite composers, you can feel in their music when they are writing in a way um, representing nature. Uh, Garth Stevenson has a great album where he basically wrote it about being on the ocean and in the ocean and mimicking like whale sounds with this cello. I mean, it's just I mean, he's pretty popular in yoga communities and many other communities and film scores and all that stuff, just because it's so evocative and so powerful. And, you know, Olafur Arnolds is another. These are contemporary, oh, yeah. amazing composers that definitely are mimicking nature a lot in their music but then you can go back and of course um, i mean all of the classical composers were mimicking nature if you really think about that and Vivaldi, Vivaldi's four seasons always sticks out to me as like oh, such sure. an amazing just such an amazing way of writing the seasons of the planet you know in music and i found did it brilliantly so it's it's i always love it when composers in music are 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 replicating or giving their own interpretation of of nature through the music it's always for me it works real well <laughs> it's a great oh, sure. recipe for a beautiful piece of music i've
0: always been uh, a fan of authentic or acoustic music and it doesn't mean i don't love the you know, electronica and everything else but i've noticed recently that there are like really talented a-list artists i'm thinking of jose gonzalez here whose entire thing is based upon what we used to call unplugged. But it's the, it's the voices. It's the blend of the unaltered voices. It's the blend of the instruments. I mean, I have never heard two guitar players play so seamlessly together and so effortlessly. It sounds like one guitar. There are no, you you, you cannot hear them picking a note, Mm. That is not completely and precisely together. It's like, there's a real commitment here to the authenticity. And you would, you would hear it the same as if you were around a campfire with them
1: Mm.
0: or listening to an album.
1: Well, that's, and that's, those are the songs and recordings I love, right? You know, there's, there's a, there's a famous Canadian band called the Tragically Hip and they have a a really, such a a hilariously iconic Canadian kind of sounding song too. And it starts off with a loon call and and it sounds like you're on one of the Great Lakes, you know, over a crackling fire. You hear that beautiful loon call. It's kind of dusk. And then the acoustic guitar starts and you're just like, yep, take me home. (laughs) This is great. (laughs) I
0: know exactly where I am. Right. Oh and yeah, it, You know, not that KISS just played their last concert in Madison Square Garden. It's like nothing it doesn't take anything away from KISS or any of the incredible bands whose entire sound is based upon the power of, of electricity yeah. you know, to bring it to us. I mean, I have to play an electric keyboard, people. It's, you know, this is the nature of the beast. But getting it back, I mean, one of the things I love to do, is the, the keyboard does ocean sounds and wind and stuff like that. And uh-huh. I can play the wind. And I can play the ocean, right? which is a blast. And um, it's all sampled stuff. So, you know, that's how it was heard. And and that feels good, you know, to me to be back in that place. I'm just allowing nature. So um, you said something a minute ago that made me think of this uh, yoga and meditation. Yeah. So they're supposed to be done together. It's like what Mozart said about music, music's preparation for silence, right? So there's, it's a pairing. And, There are moments of great silence in music that are so memorable. Uh, I think particularly of these moments in classical music, but they happen everywhere. Uh, Pick any pop song you like. Uh, We were listening to Take It to the Limit the other day. And there's a beautiful place that happens several times in Take It to the Limit where everything just drops out. Take it, it's quiet to the limit. And and other bands use this silence to such an incredible effect to get our attention. You know they have to play louder by throwing the silence in. It's just so incredible.
1: It's so it's so brilliant because it is strategic and it's uh, it, it's really powerful when you when you can nail that and when and, and and it's it is like you know music. I I find the best or most interesting music has those kind of dynamics and has those silences. Whatever genre doesn't almost matter. It's it's just yeah like yeah because
0: it, it happens in hip hop. It happens everywhere.
1: You know EDM definitely definitely. You know, you yeah. build up to that drop, but then have like that silence and that just like, when's it going to happen? When's it, bam? You know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so effective, right? It's so dramatic. It's uh it's highly, it's an amazing tool. I love that Mozart. I didn't actually, it sounds familiar, but I, for, I forgot that he said that it's preparation for silence. Cause that's exactly what they say about yoga. Yoga is preparation for meditation. Yes. <laughs> so yes. finding but some quality. They're, they're, they're
0: meant to happen together.
1: Right.
0: Mm. I, I've been, um, more than once. <laughs> in a band where I'll be working with somebody, and usually it's the bass player and either working together, piano bass, kind of like or holding down the floor. And bass players who are really on it really know this. I've had the really amazing mm-hmm. pleasure working with a couple of them. But when I get that look, I know it's time to thin out the texture a little bit. Right. The bass player's listening, he's like, you know, give it more room, Bill, get put more space, let more light in between the notes, right? And that's a really important thing for, you know, piano players, particularly keyboardists, uh, working with a group to know. It's like, when is it too much?
1: Oh, yeah. You know? It's a huge skill.
0: Especially if it's a thick texture. If you've got a a rhythm guitar and a lead and some other solo instrument playing over that, drums, bass, keyboard, I mean, you've got to be sensitive to the texture there to make it all work. And you can. But um it's it's a listening act because you've got to rely on somebody in the band who can hear both sides of it. Mm. You know, so it's a two-way street.
1: I also think of it as um it's the same with mixing. I think we've also said this in an episode too, but it's uh it's kind of like um decorating a room, you know, when you're playing with other musicians, especially in a bigger band, and you gotta really see like, okay, where is my space, my yeah. place? Yeah. You know, and, and what is going to best serve the overall song and the performance and finding that place for the keys. Sometimes it's in the lower registers. You want to beef up that bass in uh, some yep. solid just, boom, chords or something. And then sometimes it's those flourishes really up high, the twinkly sort of whatever sort of sounds you can get from the higher keys, And it's just all about, yeah, how does it, how does it match with everything else? And it's all about space. You know, it's so yeah. true. It's a, it's a really good exercise on finding First of all, feeling and finding the space to begin with. And then how am I going to work with it? You know, how much do I put in or, or how little, and if it's how little, what are that, what's that one note or that those couple of notes, you know, and it's, it's a fun exercise.
0: We're recording this in December. So it'll drop in January season three, but it's holiday. And so I'm thinking of that amazing song. <laughs> James Taylor has recorded a version of Jingle Bells.
1: Oh, okay. I didn't know his version.
0: And it is, it's kind of like a blues thing. It's a minor blues restructuring of Jingle Bells, but there are probably seven or eight instruments in there. And they are so clean. And there's such separation. It's a great exercise if you're out there and want to listen to this. It's a great exercise in listening how to decorate this musical space, right? That you're talking about. Mm. And, and it's masterful, right? It is so masterful. And um, you're, you're talking about that. I'm just thinking, wow, this is so cool. There's probably two keyboard players. I know there's a piano. There's probably an organ of some kind. Bass, drums, uh. Jaycee's probably playing a guitar. There's a backup singer or two. So there's a, there's a lot of texture to work with and they pull it off so incredibly well that you still feel like there's enough space in the song for you to be there too. Yeah. As a listener, sometimes it's overwhelming or just like blown away. Like it's a wall of sound, the the Phil Spector thing from back in the day. Yeah. Right. But this is so clean and so crisp. And I love that this is going. This is like a trend now in recording is to have everybody sound like you're right next to them no effects it's just so clear
1: yeah amazing stuff and it's again it's all about the the style and genre and everything that you know you're going for right but even in even in different genres like you know i you know daft punks you know their last big album the random access memories very similar in the recording you know the very clean even though it's electronic dance music uh, they went really back to like that 70s funk
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Sort of sound, and and I know that they use that album a lot for um, examples of like masterful mixing and arrangement because there's still a lot of stuff going on with all the synthesizers and textures and voice, guitar, bass, drums, etc. And yet, I mean, it's such a clean album in general. Every song on that is just so masterfully put together, and it's the same example, right? Where they just do, they use space so well. And, and instruments are like put in, it's like a very immaculately put together apartment, you know, or, or right. space. You're, you're right. in, you're like, Damn, this is beautiful.
0: <laughs> that's, ex- that is, that's a great way of describing it. Uh, this is sort of along the same lines. Do you know what Lala is? Have you found Lala yet? No. Lala.ai is a website that can pull vocals out of a mix. Wow. So you feed your, you feed your mix in there and you get back a vocal track totally separated and the instrumental track and um, I've had a project where I needed to bump up the vocals right we can't record because the guy's probably dead by now I mean seriously good friend of mine I don't know if he's dead or alive he's probably dead I haven't heard from him in a year um, and this I was able to pull out the vocals so now I've got a isolated vocal track that I can play with and make it as clean and crisp as I want it to to have it ride over the rest of the instrumental mix. So, um, that's an exercise, an AI exercise in silence. Yeah. <laughs> How do we silence the band and keep the voice?
1: That's awesome. I just wrote that down. Cause I'm going to use that for some of my uh, DJ. <laughs> oh yeah. Lala is Remixes this it's, it's
0: fantastic. Yeah. And, uh, the same technology that they use to get the, uh, the latest John London song, uh, out and, you know, sounding decent. Oh, that's really cool. I don't know if it was Lala itself, but it's the same tech, the same idea.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Works in real time. Um, mm. And so thinking about that, I've been wondering, Chris, and this is just a crazy idea, but you know, you put on the noise canceling headphones and all of a sudden you're in a different space, like the audio space has expanded somehow. And in the VR world, they can move sound around in that space. So, you can feel sound behind you, in front of you, above you, below you. It's like a, a three dimensional soundscape. So, I'm wondering if you could do that live. Let's say you had a room and the right kind of equipment so that when you walked into the sound space, it was as if you had put on noise canceling headphones. And then the designer of the audio, the concert, whatever. Would be playing within that space. Sounds at different locations around you, as if you were in the middle of the sphere.
1: Well, you kind of get that in a movie theater a little bit. Um, obviously, it's not the exact same. Like we're talking about binaural panning, basically, which is that 360 yes. form of panning. And what that really excited me when I first discovered that. And it's so fun to be able to <laughs> send all your sounds like all yeah, 360 degrees around. And it, it really is a fun sensation to, uh, to listen to, but to do that in a, an environment. Yeah. That'd be a really fun engineering feat. Cause I've always thought even with binaural beats as well, like how do you do that live other than giving everyone a set of headphones? Right. Um, how can you replicate that live? And I'm sure you can with a, maybe a combination of insulation techniques and technology, to insulate the sound specifically, but then certain speakers position very strategically. Um, Of course, I imagine it would have to also really depend on where you're standing in the room as well. But the thing is, is like, I've been to some ancient temples and sites that literally kind of have that sensation. That's why I was doing this. This is exactly (laughs) why I'm going to go
0: there. So yeah. Tell us again, because it's so incredible how this works.
1: Well, there's, there's a couple of, I don't. I don't even know how it works, Bill. I'll be honest. It, it, we're we're talking like I'm, I've walked into ruins. So they're not even in their intentional completed state, which is already impressive enough. I mean, if you think about all of our buildings and technology, I mean, I mean, just these cell phones alone. Like oop, there we go. Like when they're when they're dead. They're a brick within hours, you know, and yet we've got some of these temples and structures that still produce uh, energy. All, you know, thousands of years later, they've done experiments where they've really, literally recorded surges of electrical energy inside these um, stone circles, as an example, versus outside of them. I mean, yeah. they're still functioning Devices, machines, buildings, whatever you want to call them. And my experience with some of them, like the Stone Circle uh, ruins in South Africa, specifically this place called Adam's Calendar, which is exactly in alignment with the Great Pyramids of Giza, which is really interesting. And supposedly that's where humanity, humanity was created. And uh, I, I walked into that circle and it's just a stone circle. It's not, you know, there's no roof to it. It's, a, it's like a mini Stonehenge an even more battered up shape than Stonehenge because it's likely way older. And uh, I felt like I had two hands go over my ears and like muffle everything. All of a sudden, it's like walking into an invisible dome sphere. And everyone was just silent immediately. Talk about the, the power and the uh, interesting silence that came over everyone walking into this circle. And it's it's a phenomenon that's not just in that space. You know, a lot of these ancient temples, everyone's always so quiet in them. And yeah, of course, that's a respect thing. And that's, you know, obviously, usually promoted in, in these more religious, sacred places. But I don't feel like people were doing it because they were told to do it. You know, no. I think People go into these, I remember specifically like the Temple of Hathor in Egypt, very different structure than the stone circle Ruin of uh, of Adam's calendar in South Africa, but this Temple of Hathor, huge temple, my God, and built over a more ancient one, which no one talks about, which is fascinating. But anyway, which I got to see when I was there, you can see under the floorboards, a a temple under the floorboards, you're like, oh my God but anyway when we walked into this temple of hathor who's this the goddess of fertility and love and maternal love and like the and it literally felt like walking into this maternal hug like you know a grandmother or a mother uh and it was so loving and and peaceful and everyone yet again just drops off and stops talking and we're back into this silence but it's a beautiful silence you know and you can hear the, the footsteps of everyone echoing off these like 50 sixty foot tall ceilings, um, just huge pillars. I mean it's awe-inspiring and yet everyone was so quiet. it's the same kind of thing so I do feel that our ancients were building structures sometimes with that intention of perhaps creating room for silence because with silence comes contemplation, meditation, and ultimately you know a lot of self-healing can come from that too so uh, it's interesting yeah and then they had to go and all the western cathedrals and Put a dang pipe organ in there. (laughs) (laughs) Which is still really cool, though. Pipe organs are like...
0: Yeah, I know. but, But I'm thinking of the voices, like the monks chanting.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's the human voice, right? I mean, and then that, that's again, like the further back you go, I feel like we really, we really had it, you know, something, we figured out something then. And we're literally just remembering and rediscovering that now. And, uh, you know, I've got, I was at a workshop earlier this uh, last week, and we're toning and humming and chanting. And I'm like, look at us coming back into our <laughs> yeah. ancient monk practices where we're like, Hey, you know, I'm maybe it is a good idea to do this chanting thing. And, Oh, wow. Look at science is actually proving that it is helpful. (laughs) It's like, exactly. And we only did this like thousands of years ago. All those incredible
0: echoes that happen when you introduce sound uh, into uh, either a a natural or constructed space. Uh, We call it reverb now, but I, I love the natural echoes that happen inside of a, like a meditation dome or, you know the natural ones that you were able to go into
1: yeah and that's a part of the experience too
0: true to, to introduce sound purposefully
1: yeah and and, and once again uh, there's a place um uh, the hypergeum in Malta which I got to go to and uh there's literally um the way they designed some of these chambers oh and and as well in Turkey there's an underground city in um I forget the name of it in Turkey and uh, anyway they built these chambers where there's a certain spot you stand and speak, and then it carries your voice perfectly throughout the entire complex. Perfectly, all through acoustics, all through reverb. You're like, how in the hell did they know to do that through their and and you know doing it through stone? It's not the easiest stuff to to be cutting through, and yet you're per- building perfect acoustics, perfect acoustics. You don't even need a microphone and ampl- amplification, and it's the same with the. Uh, you know, the more, I guess, more recent in, in history, the, um, uh, the stadiums, not the stadiums, the, um, uh, not cathedrals, you know, when they're, uh, it's the outdoor uh, auditorium, uh, what do oh, they called?
0: like amphitheaters?
1: Amphitheaters, exactly. Yeah. Same yeah. kind of idea. The, the, the dome shell.
0: Yeah. to amplify the sound.
1: Yeah. And it does, you know, I've seen demonstrations or I've tried it myself. You stand at that very center of the stage and then the people in the audience, it's just, it perfectly works. It projects your voice beautifully. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, um, I want to talk about ambient music for a second. Yeah. And this has just occurred to me as we're talking, but there's very little silence in ambient music. And I'm wondering how that works. Do we need to hold on that long, or can we drop back a bit every so often and let the silence be in the room? And I say this as someone who plays it, and you do as well.
1: Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I some of the healing music I have just locked and loaded in my playlist on Spotify that I'll play for a whole variety of things. Um, some of the pieces, you know, when they're using the crystal healing bowls, they they really dip in loudness a lot because the bowls are actually kind of like that. So that I find when it's the healing, the singing bowls whether they're crystal or the Tibetan ones those I find naturally can create these pockets of silence because they'll dip down almost inaudible and then back up again as they start up. So that kind of ambience I I think can create that space but you're totally right, you know, when I'm writing an ambient piece there's no silence at all. And I think, though, it's like anything. It's never black or white. I'm sure there's definitely purposes for pieces of music with no silence, you know. Um, Ambient music, it might be serving a purpose where it needs to be constantly creating some form of sound or music to serve its purpose, whether it's um, underscoring a uh, meditation, maybe. Yeah. And you want that sound to support the meditation, um, and then the silence they can do after they listen to it, perhaps, or something like that. So, I feel like there's definitely a purpose to having music with no breaks, and it is really nice to have. I like the bowls when they dip in and out, in and out, in and out with the volume. It is, uh, it is really nice. I think it's like a, it's like an and or kind of thing, you know? Yeah, I, what, what I, I like th- that
0: yeah. too. I, I'm wondering if it's if we need to approach it as a paradox.
1: Yeah, I guess it
0: is. You know, like that sonic paradox. Or where's the balance between silence and sound? And and then depending upon depending upon which kind of music you're writing, you can adjust around it, you know?
1: What best supports the purpose? How do you find with writing ambient music? Like, it's a different process, isn't it? Than mm-hmm. something very melodic, right?
0: I've never written any of it down, but most of the time I'm just playing it straight through. Like, there's yeah. no silence. Um, I've played around with with... So the kind of music that I consider that I would compose as ambient music is more active. There's a drum beat, that kind of stuff is Mm -hmm. happening at the same time, uh, and a whole variety of beats. So some of the beats lend themselves to moments of silence, where you can just let the the reverb die out, Mm. and then start up again. And um, I don't know how that will work. I've never had anybody come back to me and say, oh, that piece really sucked, or, you know, that was so great for X... Whatever, you know, nobody's really provided that feedback, but I'm curious about it, you know? Yeah. I'm curious, I think we've talked about this before, how we there's room for ambient music that moves, that actually has some some activity in it, right? As well as the ambient music that just lets you be in, in place. Yeah. The difference between uh, Shavasana, which is the more relaxed form of ambient music, like the 40 hertz music that I love that you wrote, yeah. right? That's yeah. all about the quiet and the sustaining that over time. But there might be a place, you know, for, um, who am I thinking of? Who's, who's the Kundalini Yoga uh, Guru? Uh, Ruda, what, is, what is her name? Can't think of it right now. Anyway, she's an active uh, Kundalini Yoga teacher, and Kundalini Yoga is moving around. It's jumping around, whatever, and her videos have music behind them that's more active and more up so there's more of a steady beat to it that kind of thing but it's continuous you know there are no moments where it stops entirely so i, I think there's enough play around it that it might be worth investigating a little bit further
1: well i really like with yoga I'll, i've done this before with live yoga and music and even more so with uh, live breath work and music you know I'll, the the spaces are so so important you know, for those moments, especially in breathwork, when you're holding the retention, sometimes I'm still playing, but it goes full ambient when they're holding the retention. And then if they're in that, you know, again, in between the the breathwork modules or in between like the heavy breathing in and out sections, there'll be like this ambient, more silence based music or, or again, just straight up silence um, for that. Or if there is ambience, it's very like minimal, and it's really designed to be that, like, let your mind go wherever it needs to go. And then when the breath work starts up again, it's like beat comes in, melody comes in, structure comes back in. Right. And then that helps people, I feel like, get back into the rhythm kind of thing. Yep. So it's a yep. fun juxtaposition of, of yeah, definitely. A fine, actually, it's a great example with breath work is the, the music really is like that one extreme to another back, boom, boom. And it really helps. It's like a guiding track in a way too. Yes.
0: Yes. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. So I I, I see how that can work so well, uh, especially like leading the sing along, right? Mm. It's really nice to be able to sort of stop singing for a while in the middle while there's an instrumental break, right? It's It's the same kind of practice, different appearance of it because we're singing actual songs with notes and stuff. But um, that moment where we can just relax and be with the music is such a welcome moment. Yeah. You know, to listen to the sax solo, you know, after having sung two verses is a real treat.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, that that's going back again to a really good arrangement and placement. You know, you do something for a while and then throw in another different instrument to really change things up and like, whoa what's going on here i remember you said saxophone i think right um that just reminded me of a concert moment back in toronto when i watched a great band from california called poolside um and they have a great genre their own little genre of music called daytime disco and it's just such a fun such a fun band they do a great cover of neil young's harvest moon and uh like such a funky cool such a great rendition of that song and i was already blown away did not i didn't know this band so they were the opening act for another band i was seeing and they blew me away with that their whole set but their cover of harvest moon was so awesome and then it was already groovy it was already fun and then this bridge section comes in and this guy comes out and rips a saxophone solo and it just took it to this beautiful new level we're like all right i was already in love with this but now you just took me to this amazing unexpected place musically speaking like thank you you know just that new instrument switch just like take off (laughs) goodbye
0: i'm gonna go listen to this it's ironic but just two days ago uh, i was doing the music class thing that i do at the golden door and harvest moon came up well guess who's not on spotify i know neil young yeah but there is an entire playlist on Spotify that is long of Harvest Moon covers.
1: Yeah, I've seen that too because like, I've been looking.
0: What? I so know. I'm going to go find Poolside because, first of all, I love that genre. Yeah, and secondly, I want to find out how they do it and and what it sounds like, right?
1: Yeah, and he's there. He's more local to you too. I'm they. They're like just awesome. I'm pretty sure they're um they're cl- kind of close to where you are, and um they're wow. they're great live if you're going <laughs> to catch them. You're
0: in Vancouver. I'm in San Diego. So <laughs> okay, odds are definitely. they're probably closer to me. <laughs> yeah, if they're from El- if they're from California.
1: Yeah, exactly. So uh, yeah, check them out. You know, um, Poolside really, really, really fun, fun music and a great example too of um, really good arrangement, really, really smart arrangements.
0: Yeah, the the Poolside stuff uh, that genre they tend to call disco. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So,
1: That's uh, what they call it. I I'm not making that up. They, uh, no, they it's true. Yeah,
0: it's a great, uh, it's a great kind of cool ride. Club de Belugas does tons of that stuff. Uh, Rotating band, they just, they go anywhere, do it. But what a great genre. I mean, it's really cool.
1: Yeah, there's there's certain genres, especially where I'm like, there's certain artists and bands that have just honed in on such an awesome sound. You know, it's very much its own thing. And if you're not in that mood, then you won't like that. But when you're in that mood, it's like, boom, it's perfect. (laughs) It's the best. Yeah. Cause there's other artists too. It's funny because there's some, many artists that are also very cross gender, you know, like they, they can, or know, like appeal to so many different people in so many different moods. And then there's certain artists that are so specific into a, a niche and a sound. And I always love those differences.
0: I know we're talking about silence here, but um, I'm thinking right now of when Eric Clapton did unplugged and when um, Dylan went on stage unplugged, I think, it was way before Eric Clapton did it. But, you know, the, the difference there is that in the electronic mix, there's hardly any space. But in the unplugged mix, there's room. There's there's natural space wow. in there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's that, um, that introduction of more silence or more space, more musical space, changes everything. You know, changes the whole nature of the song. And it's not like it's better or worse. It's just different. And being yeah. able to introduce that difference is so powerful.
1: I mean, one of the, the bands I feel like for me has done that in an unexpected way that they, they do it so well, Cigarettes, like they play with dynamics yeah. so well, especially and live, right. even though it's technically electronic music, it's also very acoustic. I mean, they play with orchestras all the time and it's so dynamic when they're, they go so quiet sometimes and then... like just so loud and powerful and sometimes they'll build their their dynamic and the loudness over many many minutes and it's like it's a slow slow build but just incremental and, and mesmerizing and they do that very well and then everything will cut out it might just be the lead singer's voice cutting through or something like they play with silence very very well as well It's It's such a tool, right? It's It's like an instrument in silence. Yeah, it is.
0: It's like the other instrument in the room. Yeah. And being able to manipulate that so well, that's really incredible. I I love to have some dynamic variation in what I'm listening to. And I know there's normalization, all of that. There's even settings in Spotify or in the car where you can, you know, make everything the same volume. Yeah. No, I want to hear the dynamics. I want to work to hear the soft stuff, you know, and I want to be blown away by the loud stuff.
1: I mean, film scores do that a lot. You know, totally. they're just like they're, they're like classical music in that way—very like quiet, quiet, bam, loud, loud, loud. You know? Um, oh yeah, very dynamic in that. I was just listening to the Lord of the Rings soundtrack recently. <laughs> I have my like
0: uh, have my disagreements though with the uh, the Dolby sound systems and theaters, which they often turn up
1: so loud. Oh, I know
0: that they're that the separation goes away.
1: It's I mean, and it, it's like ear bleeding loud. You're like, come uh, on, ear man! Ear bleeding,
0: yeah. Exactly. Like, I got wear a ear protection in there.
1: That's not no. You shouldn't. But have
0: I'll to. say something else. So um, hey, I've gotten involved with these silent disco uh, infrared.
1: Hey, those are fun. They're yeah. oh,
0: it's a blast. So I've got the I've got the rig right. It's a little transmitter, and I've been listening to uh, stuff on TV through these because I want to hear the sound. You know that you get you hear about Oscars for sound design and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Wow, they're working it. So we've been watching Servant on Apple TV, and it's a M. Night Shyamalan oh, right. thing. Yeah. Oh, right. Really creepy. But the sound design in there, you wouldn't hear it unless you were wearing these. Right. Because not only is it very low, not below the level of hearing, but you hear stuff in the headphones that you couldn't hear, even with a great you know, yeah. soundbar or whatever on your TV. You get it in that way, and it's tied in so well with the action so um i know this works in theaters too but putting it intimately into your ears with the headset oh wow chris there's nothing like it
1: oh yeah watch like your favorite movies or tv shows with those headphones and it's going to be a whole other experience whole i've had the experience. same thing where i'm like where was that sound lord of the Rings, Hobbit line, i've been watching you'll hear a line of dialogue that i never heard because it's so like under the mix because it's like a little you know little nugget yeah. that they wanted to kind of sneak in there or something yeah, it's just you get these really, uh, it's like watching it for the first time almost. It changes everything.
0: Because most of the time, even with regular, I mean, well, it happens all the time too with music where you're, you'll you be listening in the headphones. I never knew those lyrics. what he was yeah. Is that what he was singing?
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> right? I know. And that's why mixing music and, and film and, and TV and everything is such a, uh, I have so much respect for that skill because making it sound good on all devices. Yes, yes. Woo. that's crazy Kudos. incredible. I, I, I have a huge respect for that. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> it's impressive. Because when it can sound good coming off the phone and through headphones, because they're completely different, your phone's getting, what, 30% of yeah, that full yeah. mix, <laughs> probably. Yeah. And then the headphones is getting 100%. So And then they still both sound good. And the main things still come through. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a gift. That's a really amazing skill.
0: Yeah, we've talked about this before, right? Where um, somebody that we both know—I can't think of who it is right now—who's uh, like a mastering engineer—we'll listen to the mix in his car. We'll listen to the mix in his car driving in traffic. We'll listen to the mix in the car with the top down. We'll listen to the mix under headphones. We'll listen to the mix with the monitors, and just like to listen to yeah. how it all is working mm-hmm. and to hit that sweet spot. And there's so many ways, we listen to music anymore. I know. That's incredible. I
1: That's know.
0: A, a complete art.
1: <laughs> oh, it is. It really is. You know, I'm, I'm hunting for a kind of an engineer I can start collaborating with. So, anyone who's listening, watching, let me know. Shoot me a message. Definitely. <laughs> right.
0: And, hey, and if you're interested in playing with the crazy, uh, you know, live controlled sound thing, like being the other member of the band who controls how the audience hears the sounds in space, uh, hit us up too, because I'm really curious about that, whether anybody's doing it
1: yeah oh my god yeah i mean and especially for any musician performing live your your engineer who's ever working the board the sound the mixing board um that person base basically may as well be a part of your band and it's yep. why you always gotta be nice to your sound people <laughs> yep, yep.
0: and if you know the first person you hire for your gig for your road gigs it better be the sound engineer <laughs>
1: Yeah, it, it really is though, you know. And if you can get that person to also be your manager, that's like the best. Oh, that's the best. That's the best. I I've, I met a couple bands where I was. They had that. And I was like, oh, that's so good. Yeah. <laughs> I will I will manifest that it is very handy to have, and it it's it so invaluable. I mean, uh, that's yeah, that's a whole other conversation. But it's 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 amazing the support. You know, the art all artists need that support, and it's hard for a lot of artists to get that, obviously, because you know just the nature of our current way that uh the arts work with budgets and all that fun stuff but uh yeah when you can get that it it's it's huge so 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 important to have that support and that allows you to really fall into your performance create that space do whatever you need to do um it's very freeing the,
0: the manager of the silence
1: yeah the manager of the silence <laughs> But it's so true, you know, and and when you're doing sound check, you know, you want to, you make your sounds and then you listen after the sounds, like, where's the, is there weird reflections, weird reverbs, you know, things like that. You're still listening to the silence, you know, of of the venue, uh, for that matter, just to get a sense of the space that you're in. What's that going to sound like for people?
0: Uh, The sound engineers that get to work in the same venue all the time, like, uh, who's it, Bob Boylan, who who does sound for NPR's Tiny Desk. He's got that room dialed in and it's an office. But he can make that room sound like anything. Yeah. And anybody that comes into it sound however they want to. It's like, what a luxury to be able to be that.
1: Yeah. Know? Yeah. It's pretty fun.
0: You're not just running the board, you actually have an acoustic relationship with the space, you know, which well, that's like are presented.
1: Yeah. Pretty well every theater space usually hires on, um, like, you know, full time sound people, or at least one oh, or two. Yeah, they interview. better. <laughs> Well, of course. Right. And then they get to know the space and they get to understand the acoustics and any show or performance that comes through there. Right. They, they work that maybe in collaboration with that, the man, the engineer of that uh, production, yeah, yeah. The, the stage sound engineer, who's on stage with the band listening. Yeah. Sending the house feed. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. and that's fun to, to be around too. And just seeing how well they know that space and you're like, well, will this feedback here? Oh, no, no, no. You're good. You know? And I'm like, okay, cool. I trust you. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh.
0: And I realize very important part of all of this is that I can no longer do it alone, Chris, you know, Mm -hmm. it used to be me and a grand piano, but that's not the way anymore. There's other parts of it that need to be part of it It might still be me and a grand piano. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: But between the sound that leaves the string, you know, and the people who are going to hear it. uh, There's a whole opportunity there for creative space, right? To be able to manage that and um, I'm very happy to have <laughs> help in that space because it's its own art
1: yeah you know oh yeah yeah and this is nice you know this this podcast is just it's literally giving me time to reflect on on silence and you know, I think we can always deepen our our connection to the silence. And and I would assume that almost all of us don't have enough silence in our day to day life. I can certainly say that for myself. I know I don't uh, include enough silence that, you know, just talking about all this right now is making me think, yeah, I I might make some more time for silence in my day to day uh, life and just kind of make more of a habit of whenever there's that moment, like, okay, let's just maybe even just 30 seconds right now. It's just uh, my episode of whatever I was watching ended and I'm about to do something else. Let's take a moment in between things for a bit of silence yeah, and a just
0: contemplation.
1: Yeah. Or not. Some people, not some people call it
0: uh, prayer, but not silence that's accompanied by music. I, I, I want to go there because I think it's so important that we remove as much of the stimulation as we can and just exactly. allow us to be internal without any guidance, without any thought,
1: no audio playing, no music, no no podcasts, you know, even ours, (laughs) (laughs) no podcasts, no, no TV shows, you know, just if there is any sounds, it's all the sounds that are naturally created by your environment around you.
0: Yeah. Your own breath. I mean, listening to your own breath
1: is your heartbeat
0: heartbeat. What's that? Um, there's somebody that's described. So you grabbing the back of your wrist, Mm -hmm. uh, and then holding that whole thing over your third eye, you can feel your pulse as you're um, allowing energy into third eye. So if, if you put your, um, it's going to be hard to show oh, this, but I'll of turn my goofy. hand. Yeah. So there, there's the grip. Yeah. And then over the third eye, I'll often do this like lying on my back. And it's a great way to come into presence. Whoa, yeah, I like that you feel the whole thing happening. And the third eye point is really powerful for if you do Reiki, you can use Reiki there.
1: That's so, when you're just sorry. That was really cool, Bill. Thank you for sharing that. Cause I'm like, I can feel the pulse on my hand, but then I put it on my third eye. It's like, I can feel the pulse of energy going into my head. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's really cool.
0: And it's, it's, you can do it without thought, you know, anything you can do without thought. Welcome to silence. Yeah, I think, I think,
1: I think, I think, I know, I think, I think I don't know.
0: <laughs> I think, therefore I am.
1: Exactly. Actually, well, this I,
0: I don't think, therefore I am.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working more on that. Less thinking, please. And Less thank.
0: thinking, please. Less um, thinking, more gosh. silence.
1: Well, I appreciate this, Bill. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having another great episode today. This has been a, a nice reminder, really nice reminder for me. Yeah. Uh, Shall we close with a moment of silence? yeah let's do it okay here we go but let's let's invite everyone to uh let's just take this moment of silence but like to meditate as well obviously if you're driving don't do that but uh let's take this moment to just have a silent like a silent meditation okay works for me all right a couple maybe minute or two we'll see how it
0: goes ready go I kind of don't want to come back.
1: Yeah, that was really nice. <laughs> this is what I mean. I feel like it can be it become kind of addictive in the best way. It's, we don't get it enough, and it's like a little treat. It's like a little mini vacation. So thank you for that.
0: Oh, thank you, man. And hey, if you're listening and, and you've been practicing meditation, you don't need a big lead-in and a big rollout. You can just turn it on, right? Even if it's for a few seconds.
1: Just, that was the... 45 seconds. I don't think that that was not even a minute, and that felt great. Yeah.
0: It's enough. What do they
1: say? What's that? um,
0: I can't think of the old parable now. There's a longer story that I won't tell. But the the idea is, you know, it's enough. Yeah. It's enough. Absolutely. Hey, welcome to Season 3, everybody.
1: Welcome to Season 3. Catch us uh, on our next episode. Who knows where we'll go and what we'll talk about, but... Yeah, oh. thank you. <laughs> Shofar you got saying?
0: me thinking we should be doing these naked. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's the next season.
0: <laughs> the next season, season four.
1: <laughs> oh, man, that would be, uh, that's where our views start to go through the roof at that point. You know? <laughs> oh, absolutely, man. Of <laughs> course, okay, so is- it'll only be like from the neck up. so people. Yeah, exactly. Then we can't stay on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> uh love uh, it well, uh, if beautiful audience uh, watching and listening if you have any suggestions you know if you want to hear us talk about something on an episode let us know of course drop us a, a little message a little bit of love in the comments a little like subscribe all that good stuff wherever you're listening or watching we appreciate it we appreciate you thank you for tuning in yeah it's season three now let's uh i've i've just loved these conversations bill it's all we've been doing since day one and yeah. not getting old for me not getting old for me man Thank you, brother. Thank you, too. It's so good to see you. Likewise. Aho. Aho.